0: Okay, we're gonna talk about some questions that come up on Sukkahs. So the first question we'll discuss is making a wall uh, for your Sukkah. And uh, people often ask if it's okay if the Sukkah's wall is made out of fabric. Um, And we'll see, Well, well, of course, there's different types of fabrics, but the question is, it's not a wooden wall, it's not a solid wall, is that okay? So let's go through the simple uh, primary source, at least from the Shulchan Aruch, and we'll we'll discuss the question. So in Simin Tavreish Lamed, in Sif Yud, it talks about making walls, and it says that the walls need to be strong, and that you need that they're not going to get moved around by the wind. The wind is not going to move them around constantly, as uh, back and forth and, and the like. And the Shulchan Ar-Khut says, therefore, Al-Kain, okay, he doesn't say, he says it's not proper to do or to make. Right? He says it's not good to make the walls of the Sukkah made out of a, a, a curtain or made out of some sort of you know, flax curtain if it doesn't have beams. What does he mean, with if it, unless it has beams? If there's beams, so in theory, a sukkah does not need to be closed off. It doesn't, it could have, if you were to just take a bunch of beams, putting them all within three tfachim, three hand one from another, that's a good wall. You don't, they don't need to be like touching each other. Okay? Meaning they don't have to be one lined up next to the other. So if you had a fabric sukkah, so he's saying that's a it's an issue, right? But if you lined it up with beams around us, then it's okay, right? So shogun says, "Don't make it only a fabric, okay?" And then he says, "Even though that you tied it betov, you tied it well, it's still a problem." He says because sometimes it's going to be um, get undone or or get loose and like it's going to get undone. And then he says in the Shulchan Arach And it's therefore a which can't stand in front of a strong wind Or a common wind And the Shulchan Arach continues The Maran says Let's say you do want to make uh, sheets Sheets for the walls So you need to It's good he says It's good he doesn't say you know, It's as if you, you, you fulfill the obligation even without it It's good that you can sew it, Mechitzis kanim, meaning you could put poles in it, sew it into it every less than three tzvachim, because then if it's within, there's just poles, and one with close to the next one is less than three tzvachim, or three or less, so then it's considered like it's anyways a good wall. right, so to come out, bottom line is that we have a concept here. We don't want that the sukkah walls should shake by the wind if it shakes by the wind, it seemed to be an, a, a problem. could be potentially, maybe even not kosher, potentially. And the Shulchanah is saying, oh, if you put beams and you just have a curtain as well, that's fine. But if you don't have the beams standing one next to another, so the, the curtain or the fabric type of sukkah could, could potentially just not be good, or at least it's not good to make such a sukkah. And with that, Many say you just can't use fabric sukkahs today. Um, it's, it's worth mentioning that there's a tshuva from Rebbe Vadia Yosef where he generally is, tries to find leniencies in many fields. Here he, he doesn't try at all to, you know, he really says that they're just not good unless, again, they have beams or something in them. Because they, if they're going you know, to shake in the wind, that's not a lot. Of, it's, it would be like a not kosher skach, uh, not kosher walls. Now, I will mention that the Chazan Ish, who is generally known to be very machmer, very stringent, so here is actually says if the fabric walls shake from the wind, but only less than three hand breaths, then as much as they're going to dangle back and forth, it doesn't reach, reach three hand breaths. So he says that's not really considered enough, and it'll be Kosher, that's the view of the Chazan Ish. Rabbi Vadya doesn't accept that. Um, he would say that if you have any type of mechitza of other form, and then the fabric condition, that's not a problem. But if it was only fabric, it would be a problem because it's shaking. And many posts can say that today, we can be lenient on many of the fabrics that are being sold for circle walls. Because even if you'll say that, uh, let's say a sheet that is uh, tied here and there, it will probably dangle back and forth in the wind. You, you could say that, that that's, a, that's an issue, but a lot of the fabrics that they use for soko walls today are not typical fabric. First of all, they have little holes and pores in them so the wind doesn't really move it around that much altogether. Secondly, they're more sturdy, they're thicker, and they actually have many little uh, loops and stuff that tie them very strongly in place and some of them don't move at all in the wind, and if they maybe move anything, we're talking about a very fraction, not not even a handbreadth, not even close to a handbreadth, much less than that. And uh, a, a common wind won't do much, and generally they don't move at all. So those many poskim um, say are okay, and even lechatchila, and even initially okay. And uh, that's the that that's the bottom line. If 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 you're you have to see you have to base it on the thing. We can't just say oh any fabric is not kosher. And on the other hand, we have to look at it carefully. If the walls do not move in the wind, then it's literally fine. And I could according many postscript. and 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 if it's, uh, and and even if it moves around, if you have like the shulchan aruch itself says, if you have. Uh, you know, poles, then that's definitely going to be fine. And I'll mention that the Chuva from Rebbe Vadya does not mention um, what's found in the Siddur of the Reb Sadia Gon. He says that if you tie, if, even if you had a fabric sukkah, but it was tied from bottom and top so that no one can go through the fabric wall of the sukkah, then he says it would be kosher. And uh, Rebbe Vadya doesn't quote that opinion and maybe if he would have recorded it, maybe there would be more, you know. but in any case, Lamaisa, in practice, we can rely on, we can use them if uh, fabric sugars that we need, so about it, that they're tied very strongly and they're not shaking in the wind, which is definitely a possibility today. Okay, fine. Move on to the next topic. Um, the next topic we'll discuss is how to look at an estrope. Okay, so people are very careful that when they are buying the astro, they want it to be clean, they want it to be not have blemishes in it. So, how do, we, how do we need to look at it? So, first of all, there, we're not going to go through every type of invalidation that an ester can have, whether it's dried up completely, it has holes, it has um, different spots, like black spots or, or the like, and different types of problems in its color. So, those, those can be an issue. But the Shulchanach in the middle of Simon Tuf Resh Mem Ches gives us a very important rule that we are really just mainly stringent when the issues where we're finding the you know the 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 spotting and the different colors when it's on the top part of the estrog in other words the part of the estrog where the pitum would normally be growing from and the part where it's shaping inwards that's called the chotum that's called the the nose of the sukk so- of the esteric. and that's the main area where we person looks at when they're looking at their esrog. So it's important that there it should be beautiful, um, and therefore um, it's important that it should be clean in that area. That's the most important spot. Now, so you'll say, how do I need to look at? It? Some people take magnifying glasses or something, and they look at it carefully. So it's important to m- mention the post comes say there's no requirement whatsoever to use a magnifying glass to look at your estrog if you're inspecting it when you want to buy it not at all look in Simen Tufresh Mem Ches 648 Chav Khabez Ifset al Terebi writes that if we're going to invalidate something where the on the where there's like abubuos, uh, uh, um, which are like bubbles and the like on the S rogue, or discolored like black spots and the like, um, that's only if it's noticeable right away, bashkafri for That you can look at it, and that not that you need to place, the altar but not if you need to look at it carefully. So, in other words, even if you could find something, but only through careful examination, we would say that doesn't make a difference. The problems of when you notice it's like um, spots and different colors on your esrog, which are not the colors that should be, like a black spots, it's only if it's clearly seen right away. Um, and then the al says, and any type of discoloring color which could invalidate an esrog is only when it's seen to most pe- average people, when they look at it right away. And the Mishnah Brewer also mentions this rule, very important halachic rule. Um, it doesn't necessarily apply to everything in every regard about how if you need to be able to notice something right away to say it's a problem. But we do we do have that concept in other places and each place has its own unique thing, at least with regard to esrog, there's definitely no need to have a uh, magnifying glass. Uh, they say that different gedolim, for example, Revel Yashif, they would say they would say to him, we need you to check our esrog, so they would bring him the esrog, he would look at it, how would he look at it? He would take it from a simple distance, like, you know, foot or so away from his face, he would turn it in different directions and say, it's good. They were expecting to take a magnifying glass and start looking at it. No, not at all. He didn't feel that was at all necessary. And that is the simple halacha. I will mention last point, which is about the um, aravas. Why am I talking about the aravas? Because I find over the years, I have noticed uh, again and again and again that this is a very likely problem that you're going to find on your arba minim, on your four species. So we know that the um, Aravus have they don't have that much laws it just basically needs to be a kosher willow branch and if it meets the criteria of a kosher willow branch so then it has its leaves the halacha is is that the three hand wraps the three tefach of the of the willow that you use you put two of them in your lulav they need to be that it's not dried out and whether it is still kosher, but if it's dried out, it means it's like mamish white. Okay, that, that can't be. And, but if, let's say most of the leaves completely dried out, that they're literally like white now, or that nushu the leaves fell off, if majority of the three hand breaths of the, of the length of it, the leaves fell off, then it's puzzle. Now, I have noticed over the years, time and time again, that the leaves of the, of the Arovas dry up very quickly or that they fall off. Bottom line is they fall off very easily, either because they're getting pushed back and forth in the Lulav, with the friction of the Lulav, when you're shaking it, or that they just dry up and fall off quickly. And the Halacha is, is that if majority of the leaves fall off, it's pasul, and you cannot make a bracha on such a Arova, and it's also brought in the Mishnah Brura. Uh, he says you've got to be very, very careful with that. He mentions this in Simin, Tafresh Memzine and in Sivches, Sivkatin Ches. Sif Where he says that they leave soft, and therefore it would be very advisable that you have extra sets of Aravos, of willows, so that you can use them if need, because most likely uh, average people will need to replace their Aravos in the course of circus.